Don't talk about red socks, sleep when I'm dead. When I'm dead. Motherfucker wanna come through trippin'. Listen, I'ma rip it, I'ma kung fu, kung fu. Tell them I'm already if you want it, you can get it. If it's heavy, I'ma Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. I'm here with Chris, who's fresh off of a New York Met loss and probably upset. Rose the Mermaid, who's fresh off of a Kansas City Chief loss and probably upset. Sorry about that. And our special guest, one of my friends, you know, friend of the show, friend of the network. Uh, he was on our first Shark Week ever two years ago. And then our last film, we kept in touch. Paul Clerkin from Alien Sharks. You've probably seen him on Nat Geo or Shark Fest, anywhere with sharks. How you doing, man? Uh, real good. Thanks for having me back. You know, when you guys didn't uh, contact me this last Shark Week, I was like, oh, no, like, what's up? Or like, are we still friends? What's going on? But uh, you said you didn't do a bunch of shark stuff this year. We're always friends, Paul, and I've actually was asked by like three of the people I had on previously, and I literally just texted him. I go, I'm sharked out. I can't do it this year. I just like, I I, I felt like I learned everything. I needed a year off. Um, really quick for the viewers, I know that when I do these shows, I have the highly touted Hawaiian shirts on, and I decided I'm a busy man tonight, and I didn't feel like putting one on, so you're going to have to deal with it. So, Paul, really quick. Uh, let's get into what you've been. I can't believe we, it's been nine, uh, 18 months since we spoke. It's wild how fast time goes. I'm aging like a decrepit old flower. It's miserable. My back hurts all the time. Anyway, enough about me. I digress. So, Paul, what have you been up to lately? Um, last time we spoke, you were going on a mission. I don't remember where exactly. Um, go on, man. What have you been up to the last year? Um, yeah. Um, so this summer, I spent a bunch of time on uh, some of the boats. Um that are doing research in uh, the Atlantic uh, and then down through the Gulf. Um, and we've been, so we've been doing like, you know, some basic uh, collecting basic biological data, um, sex length maturity. We've been putting conventional tags out on those sharks, which are like, um, they're not the, the high tech uh, satellite tags, but they're just like external tags that have usually a serial number on them. Mm. And you can record what species the shark was. It's um it's pretty low tech, but uh, you can get some really good information if the shark is recaptured. You can get um you know how much it grew over an amount of time to get you a growth rate. You get some uh, estimates on the population size, and there, it's also good for migration. You know where you caught the shark versus where somebody else recaptured the shark. Um, and on top of that, we're doing some we're collecting water samples, which is probably less flashy, but it's for um, eDNA, which is something I'm excited about. It's um, relatively new. E stands for environment, uh, environmental. So it's environmental DNA. And you uh, collect a water sample because sharks are always uh, losing cells into their environment. Uh, so they're, you know, shedding genetic material. Um, and so you collect a water sample, you pass it over a filter, and then you take that filter and you extract the DNA and you can kind of figure out what species are there and get kind of a species composition. Wow. Of yeah, it's, it's actually, um, you know, it's, it's pretty new. It's almost like forensic science. You know, if you ever watch the old forensic files and yes. like, you know, they have like a shirt or something and they like, they do like the whole like rub down. They try to find any genetic material on there. So it's kind of been around, but it's, it's pretty new um, for, um, you know, biology. And it's, it's really still developing, especially in like, you know, kind of marine environments, which are a lot more open. There's more, um, you know, flowing water and stuff like that. That's really cool. Um, so have you been close to discovering any new species, anything like that? Just to jump into the no. random sharks you look at. 
so yeah, this was all you know, close to shore, and um, <laughs> no new species. We, uh, we there were some. I know, sorry, man. No, it's uh, fine. I just want to <laughs> ask, and I hate to jump the gun because anyone who's watched this the last three times you've been on, I've been trying to get you to name a shark after me. So like, that's really where I go uh -huh. with this all the time, and. <laughs> I mean, it, one day it might work. Like, let's say it's uh -huh. my last wish or something, you know. Uh, like a, <laughs> make a wish thing. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> might be. We're not sure if there are uh, new species of parasites or not. The sharks get parasites, and they're, um, they're just very poorly studied. So I showed them to um, uh, a friend of mine who studies parasites. And so we're going to try to go through and, and do some uh, genetic analysis. And, they might they might not be new, um, and in which case it would just be us contributing the genetic barcode to uh, to GenBank, the collection of you know genetic sequences. But you know, there's, there's, there are like understudied um, parasites for the deep sea stuff. I'm I'm planning to go back next year to the Ocean and look for the deep sea stuff. And uh, when we go out there, it's um it's usually about we, we, one third of the the sharks that we encounter were new species, and it's about I think. I think it was once a week we were getting a, a new species on the boat. So, um, yeah, it's going to be two or three month trip. And I, I an anticipate, you know, you can't be sure, but I anticipate some, some cool new stuff. That's awesome. I'm going to pass it to Rose here because I know she loves sharks and we've had her on before. So go on, ask away. Well, first I want to say that it sounds like you're going to get a parasite named after you before a shark. So <laughs> you not, might just want to take what I'll you can get, okay? I'll take it. I'll take it. I have an ego that needs to be filled. That's right. all. I mean, and then I'm going to follow up that with a, I also want to be named after a shark. So if you could find a parasite, a shark, a virus, a seaweed kelp, I'm cool with that. Oh. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, actually I have thought in the past, like, is it good to have a parasite named after yes. you or is that bad? Okay. Yes. 100%. That's a I legacy. Would, yeah. 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 You're, you're around forever. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's up for debate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it, did, it did fine with Corona sales during the coronavirus. So I think it would be all right. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have a parasite named after me than a park bench. I mean, like there's like you know, at least you're around. A bench is gonna wither away. No offense to anyone who has a bench. I know it's memorial, but like it's just you know, I don't want people sitting on me. Just offended all. a whole group of people, by the way. I know. I apologize. I'll probably edit that out. But go on. <laughs> you can like buy a star and have it named after yourself for like twenty bucks or something, right? Aren't they doing that still? Yeah, but there's a billion stars. There's only a few new species of sharks. I'm technically already named after a constellation. My first name is a constellation, so I gotta, gotta go somewhere different. So into the blue we go. Not me. I'm named after a shitty third baseman on the Yankees from the from the 80s because my brother couldn't pick anybody. But go on. Well, my parents actually named me after like some old movie back in the day, but the way they spelled it is after a constellation. So it wasn't oh. on purpose. It's a happy accident. But, uh, so what's like the craziest depth that you have found a shark at? Um, mm, uh, I actually don't know the, the depth of the, of the, the shark, of a new species. Um, but the boat that I work with, um, they fish down to about, I think the deepest was something around like 1800 meters. So close to 2000, which is, I don't know, we can, as you know, we can just say that's like, um, Six thousand feet. That's so, like a mile down. Yeah. Damn. Right. Yeah, it is like two kilometers. That's a, about a mile. Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh! I can't I even have a mile here on Earth, let alone. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't even go in a pool that's more than four feet of water. Right. Like, I don't be able to stand like, up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hop in here. So as someone who is petrified of just the water and sharks, like my first biggest fear is being stranded at sea. And my second biggest fear is sharks. I'd so, say they go hand in hand. It's a double way. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like the type of guy like where if I ever find myself on a cruise, I'd never let myself get on a boat. But mm. if I ever found myself in that position, I'm like the guy that's like trying to drown himself before I could be stranded. See, like I don't even want the chance at survival. That's how petrified. Jesus. I'm. Wow. Yeah. I'm terrified. I saw Jaws when I was way too young. So I was telling them before we started this, but it just freaked me out. So as someone who studies sharks and as someone who I'm sure is in the ocean, a hell of a lot more than me. What, like, what's some tips to help me get <laughs> over this? Just like uh, being on a boat. Well, like I could go on a boat, but like, I don't want to, like, I, I have to be able to see shore. Like I can't go out. Like I would never go on like, a cruise liner. Like I just... It's scary. I, I'm I'm petrified of it. So like, mm -hmm. I know I know I'm very ill informed of right. everything that goes into like you know boat safety or like just like being in the water. Just mm -hmm. I'm a land mammal, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think about going out there. I can't wait till Paul texts me after this show. It's like never have this kid on again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, well, this, just that. <laughs> this is more for my sanity, honestly. <laughs> so, what can, can you give me like some tips, like some advice, just anything? Is there anything like that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean I'm trying to think. Because there's, there's different levels, like being in the water versus like, you know, being on a boat. I think uh, commercial boats as a whole, you should treat it like it's dangerous. You know, like being on a commercial boat. It's almost like being like in a machine shop. You know, like it, it's just a, it's a lathe or a grinder, but if your sleeve gets caught in it, you know, it's dangerous. So just treat it like it's dangerous. Um, I've worked on a lot of, you know, I've worked on boats. Uh, the Atlantic, the Pacific, um, Indian Ocean, Bering Sea, South of the Equator, all, all around the place. And you just got to like, you know, there's a lot of, I know people that have lost, you know, fingers or toes or whatever to different machines. You just got to be careful, man. Like, um, you know, you just got to treat a lot of like the mechanical things that they're going to kill you. Um, there you go. So yeah. like, in terms of like, let's just get into sharks. <laughs> yeah. How do I not get eaten by No, no, shark? Well, like what? Mm. what's my like i know like it varies based on the species of shark but like what's my likelihood of getting attacked by one zero like i mean i, I point you know point something 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 like i mean especially with you being on land uh you have to be wet to be attacked by sharks yeah, okay. I would say <laughs> um, paul, paul i've done two years of shark week i'll handle this one well it's pretty much zero chris <laughs> <laughs> go on sorry no i mean that you know I, I think it's one of those things it is a fear because um you know they're they're large predators and i think it's also scary because they're like in the water and we're pretty helpless in the water it's hard yeah. to see it's like you know it's 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 a lot scarier than the actual like you know uh the actual like danger i think we just really can't accurately assess the danger versus the fear um because it is scary you know if you think about it, there's something in the water that has big teeth it can move faster than you you can't see it it's going to sneak up on you that's scary but like the chances of it happening are like you know almost zero i mean sh sharks are in the water all the time with people you know they uh people say the way that you test if there's sharks in the water is you taste it and if the water's salty then there's sharks in it um which you know it's yeah, yeah i got gotcha. you yeah. they're, they're usually there they can see you you can't <laughs> see them and they, they don't really um 
you know, attack. So yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard all the statistics of like more people choking on hot dogs and, right. you know, being attacked and more people like, like die from falling into holes in the beach than like oh. interactions with sharks. Um, so, I mean, you know, like we're not scared of like when you see kids digging holes in the beach, but there is something scary about sharks. So, uh, but right. your actual chances, you're, you're pretty safe. Yeah. You. I feel Are you better. good? Okay. I'm actually, I was, I was thinking about going swimming next summer. And that's now nice. I feel a little bit more comfortable. Okay. All right. That's good. I'm glad you put a 12 month plan on a nice dip in the pool. That's Thank great you. for you. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go Yeah. Your, yeah. Girlfriend, your girlfriend's probably like, just try to get over your phobia. I'm trying to go to the beach next year. Oh, no, no, she, she tells me all the time. She's like, why won't you go to the beach? I was like, I just, I just would prefer. Oh, cool. What about like being in like wading, like in the waist deep? Is that like, is it? No, is like, it I, I can, I've been in the ocean. Like, it's not like I don't go in the ocean. It's right. just like, I don't like the idea. First of all, like the ocean itself, the way that it, like the tide, like it can just pull you out. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, so there's like, a lot more dangerous. It's a riptide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riptides are responsible for a lot and, more. And can I chime in really quick? Uh, sorry to cut you guys up, but like, uh, this might freak him out. When we had Dr. Catherine McDonald on, who's a friend of the show as well, um, she said dolphins are more evil than sharks. Oh, come on, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're more evil. We, we could verify yeah. that, right? Paul, dolphins oh, are more evil. It's widely accepted. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you like that, Chris? You're... Do you want me to go in the ocean? I was just saying, they say, you know what they say? New fear every time. Yeah, you know what they say? Like, oh, when dolphins are around, you don't have to worry. That's not true. Dolphins are evil because they're smart and they fuck around and play with their food for fun when they're bored. Anything intelligent is incoherently more evil than anything not. Am I right, Paul? I mean, I, I feel like we talked about all the, the things they've been documented to do with like change the rating of your show. They, they've done some messed up stuff. Um, yeah. and the idea of, of a, like a dolphin protecting people from sharks or something is like, um, it's just from like movies. It's from like those old flipper movies. It's never been observed mm -hmm. uh, that I know of like in, in, in nature. But, um, so, so now Chris moved his year plan to a two year plan for swimming mm -hmm. after that. Rose, I sorry. Know, it was I'm, your I'm question. I'm going to take his word for it. I'm going to take his word for it. I don't uh, think there are any dolphins in the Atlantic where I am anyway. All right, I don't know about that. Really. Is the water salty, <laughs> sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but is it? Is it? <laughs> I would actually pay for you to go out to one of these deep sea expeditions with Paul at this point. It would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> pay me a billion dollars, and I'd be like, nope. I'll Chris do it for free. Chris, Chris holding a goblin shark. That'd be <laughs> We'll, we'll take baby steps. Maybe in like 50 years, I'll get on one. Okay, I'll be dead by then. Rose, sorry, it was your initial question. Go on. No, you're all good. It's totally fine. I, I'm i more scared of, when it comes to the ocean, I'm more scared of killer whales than I am of sharks. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my personal preference. I feel like sharks are just the dogs of the sea. Okay, like we're... We're just chilling in their ocean, and True. they have right to protect their home however they want. If they choose to eat me, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. See how progressive my podcast has become the last two years? We accept things as they are. It's their home. You know what I mean? And I love it. It is. I agree with you. When bear, when people go in the woods and get eaten by bears, listen, that's that bear's home. You should be shitting right? That's how I look at it. 
Sorry about that. But once again, I, if I apologize if you know someone eating by a bear, I don't wish that on anyone. That's horrible, but it is its home. And I'm just offending everyone. People who sit on benches, bears, geez. Christ. And I have a disclaimer at the bottom that goes down like, in the commercial. It's like, we do not wish harm anyone that sits on <laughs> exactly. No animal, no human was injured in the taping of this show. Only only my feelings. <laughs> I, all right, okay. Paul, I do want to get in a couple of sharks because I know we did this, but it was like two years ago. Um, and Chris is new and Rose hasn't been on with you yet. I do want to know because you like held crazy looking sharks. Um, I've seen pictures. It's not like I stalk you or anything, but what's the creepiest one you've seen? And you were like, all right, even that's a little creepy for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're oh. anticipating weird sharks while you're out there. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, this is even creepier to hold. Um, I mean, so I've worked with a couple, you know, a lot of deep sea sharks. Um, I've held like, um, frilled sharks, goblin sharks. Uh, I think the creepy, the one that gives me like a little bit of deep, actually it was uh, a shark we worked with, uh, in 2020. And then when you and me started like, um, Becoming hanging out, friends, being friends, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, as buds. Yep. Uh, when so it was a the cookie cutter shark, and we were looking for him. And um, Chris, why don't you Google the image while Paul's talking? Oh Don't yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> so um, yeah, and like we were like down there diving. We had like those little uh, those walkie talkie masks, um, and like it was you know it, it was diving at night in deep water, and it was like you know they're uh, they're just like really efficient ambush predators. They get they're about. Yeah, they're, you know, less than the length of your arm, um, kind of a long, skinny shark with large eyes, and they have the largest uh, teeth-to-body ratio wow. in, in the shark world. And, um, yeah, and they, they ambush by taking the plug out. I mean, um, their diets are probably a little bit more diverse. We, I think they actually eat squid and stuff like that. But one of the things that they, they do is they'll, um, they'll take a plug out of a larger animal, which make, makes them technically um, parasitic. But um, they'll take out a plug and swim away. Um, and, like, that just gave me the jeebies to think, like, I'm swimming around, looking for the shark, hoping it's here. And, like, it could, you know, it probably knows I'm here before I know it's there. And, um, yeah, that one was a little bit creepy. We also uh, what interviewed like somebody. Plug? What do you mean a plug? Like, you bite just to poison it and then come back around when it dies? Uh, no. So it, they take out just a, just a, just a bite. Um, and it's very, it's under, you know, it's just like, um, it takes out like a plug. That's why they call it a cookie cutter. It looks like a, you know, like, um, a piece of tissue is m- missing. Um, and there's different people, you know, I think for a long time, people thought they did a twist because it's a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking to, um, some people, including people that have been bitten by cookie cutter sharks, they think it's maybe more of a scooping motion of, um, the lower jaw, which it was the teeth the bottom has like these huge, like kind of dagger-like teeth, and the top one have like a more like the prongs of a fork. So they do maybe I grip it and rip it. <laughs> it looks like it swallowed a spork, and it's just right. sitting <laughs> on the bottom. You I'm see it? Some thing? pretty gnarly images right now. I, I know I can see exactly what you're talking about with the like the holes. Super oh, sharp yeah. melon scooper. It's yeah, the, right, exactly. The eyes are pretty gnarly. They, they have huge eyes that glow in the dark. They're like a green. Uh, they don't glow. They reflect light, you know, very efficiently. But, um, yeah, and like, you know, I don't think there's been any lethal attacks. I mean, uh, they, but it, for some reason, the idea of something coming up and taking a scoop out of me just gave me the, the jeebities. Yeah. I mean, so- I feel like the ocean at night is pretty scary in general. I've never been in the ocean at night. I live in Missouri, so I've only been in the ocean like three times in my life. <laughs> I, I yeah. feel like so many of the sharks that – 
like the lesser known ones that we decide to study are like you know active at night i feel like every time i'm on an expedition I'm like here i go again into the water at night it's um yeah it's i mean it's scary it gets less scary but it's it's scary still i mean yeah it's pitch black yeah the first but time you went out there like at night like what were you what was going through your mind I'm, I'm sure there was some excitement but like was there any you're like why would you do that at all <laughs> no, <laughs> why am i here yeah, I'm like, I'm like, not in the million years but like for someone <laughs> who studies it and knows what he's doing like how how was that feeling uh so the first time i think the first time i jumped in the water um like off a boat at night was uh on a field trip uh off mexico through, I, I was at a community college sacramento city wow. college on a field trip they took us out on a little zodiac like an inflatable and it, it was a lot of bioluminescence so uh, we all you know we jumped off and swam and i was here i swam back to the boat super quick and pulled myself out uh, and then I think the first time I did it with a shark at night was in uh, 2015, and that was with the Mega Mouth Shark. Um, and that was with it was in um, commercial fishing gear, so it was a long line. And you know, like I was telling you, um, that's the stuff that was really dangerous. You know, uh, getting caught in the sorry, not a long line, um, a gill net, which kind of snags everything. So I was really worried about getting snagged and that and i was getting my gear on uh there's a shark and I, I almost couldn't believe that we caught it they're super rare um and it was probably a 15 or 16 foot shark and I, I was getting my gear ready and i remember like looking around being the boat being like oh i'm the guy that's in charge of safety like it's my project i'm like i am too dumb to be in charge of like it kind of hit me like we didn't have a safety officer it was like m my plan i'm like oh i might be too dumb to do this um but <laughs> You know, we're ready there. The sharks, I can't be like, nah, guys, screw it. I'm out. So, um, yeah, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Changed my mind. It's super dark. Well, you um, and I had definitely really different community college experiences. You were jumping into dark waters with sharks. I'm sitting there trying to pass out mixtapes as a white rapper. It really, <laughs> really different experiences. I, I think experience wasn't like either of those. I, was, I, was I guess. Statistics. Yes, yeah, I'm in Missouri sharks. Community College for us. If you have anything animal related, it's veterinarian stuff, and that's really just your hand up a cow's butt. And who wants to do that? Well, let's not judge people here. I mean, I'm not <laughs> judging. I'm just saying. No, I'm and kidding. people are going to be upset. Bears upset. It's over. This we'll show. Well, now you're going to upset all the ranchers. This podcast is just really inclusive. I'm canceled. I mean, if I'm, you know, it's over. The clock, like skeletons are out. It's over for me. I'm trying to be better. All right. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, Paul, you know, you see, you get the worst out of me. Jesus. That's what friends do, though, right? Is what it is. Um, I did have a question. Now, uh, I'm not going to ask you about the Malaysian Flight 370 because I've done that before and I wanted you to find the missing, you know plane that crashed in 2014 and you did you were part of the rescue mission at first we discussed that <clears throat> how much you could tell us we could talk off the air but it is what it is so i do want to ask when you go up to the deep sea been through all the oceans like what's the most difficult one and area to navigate um when you are out there is it the indian ocean because like, when that flight crash like they said the waves were so bad they couldn't even get to what might be the wreckage so how does that put like a, a wrench in your plans coin that wrench in your plans i just made that up um yeah i mean so it it, it makes it difficult uh i mean to it makes it difficult to work it makes it difficult um to sample or you know even do anything on a boat when they're when it's really rocking um i 
uh, I've never been really in charge of navigation um, on these boats or, you know, it's usually uh, if it's a research vessel, they have a crew that's in charge okay. of that. Stuff. And then um, on, uh, on the commercial vessels, they, uh, you know, they, they really know what they're doing. Um, and so I, you know, uh, I, I have been, uh, so in that Indian ocean boat, um, the, the, the boat was, in, um, involved in like trying, not trying to recover, but like, you know, they were, um, providing data because a lot of those amounts are not well mapped. You know, we, um, we have, uh, we go on Google earth and you can see all the seamounts and everything like that. Um, a lot of what we think are seamounts are actually estimated seamounts based on, um, satellite images and satellites, you know, they get. Uh, they use altimetry to figure out how the, the height of the water and um, because the seamounts are so large, there's a slight more amount of water pulled in by gravity over those seamounts. And so over enough time, you know, af averaging out the waves and everything like that, they like start suspecting it's an estimated seamount. But as for like what's actually there, um, people were relying on the boat for um, their actual like map uh, mapping that they've done of those seamounts for their fishing. Um, yeah, but on that boat, I've been on some pretty like, scary rough seas like you know really high crashing over the boat and um on a trip that i was not on um they said they were they they were like you know just trying to keep the boat from getting tipped over and they saw another capsized boat just going by like that's just, devastating I know. Now, what an image that is uh, i know don't you're worry to, guys like, we'll be all right and they just look to the right oh boy um, <laughs> like, like, yeah and then, they yeah. said like they said they couldn't even, they, they were trying so hard just to, cause you know, you have to keep your, your bow uh, into the waves. If you go sideways and you get in the, between the trough and the peaks, you get all messed up. And so they said that they couldn't even stop to help if, you know, cause they were just like trying to, just trying to keep themselves from rolling. Well, luckily you've never been in a situation like that. I don't know what I'd do if I lost you, Paul. Here are resident shark expert here, you know? And maybe one day if I retire or something my wife allows, I will be able to go on a deep sea mission with you if I sign a um a permission slip. Is that the still thing? <laughs> I, I get I guess your your wife would have to have to sign a permission slip. Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. There's no out? I doubt you could just bring random people like me, Chris, and Rose, right? You'd have to get like some serious uh liability signatures uh you know probably i think on the on the research i, I was on a, a noaa boat this summer and um yeah it was a lot you know you have to do every you have to get security clearance i needed yes. to get fingerprinted which uh, i hadn't done before and uh they need to you know all your they need your vaccines they you know tuberculosis and all that stuff so it, it is pretty intense for noaa which is you know a government organization um on some of these boats i've worked on it's been almost nothing you know yeah. like it's yeah, I mean, some of the larger boats, um, but some of the smaller, some of the smaller boats are like, yeah, hop on and just go out. And Rose, yeah, next time he's in Florida doing, we just uh, missed each other in Florida, actually, what, two months yeah, yeah. ago. Uh -huh. We just missed each other. Uh, you were there the week before doing some research, so that would have been awesome. I could have just hopped on the boat, be like, I'm sorry, I'm going yeah. shark hunting today. <laughs> not hunting, not hunting, just not hunting. Go to the marina and start asking, are you a shark? Are you a shark expert? Are you a shark expert? Yeah. Are you Can I get on your boat, sir? Yeah. Listen, I know Paul Clerkin. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. so. I know Jasmine Graham, so <laughs> yeah. he yeah. said it was okay. <laughs> yeah, There's a picture of us together. Like, 
throwing people out but um that's awesome man uh, really cool to hear again um we'll do a final i do have a couple of questions but i want to go around one more time though uh rose you got anything uh yeah i was curious okay. what is the process of even just finding a shark like regardless if it's a brand new one or not what's the process that you guys go through whenever you do go out uh yeah i mean so i mean that's one that i, I think i kind of um get credit for and i, I shouldn't a lot of the time with um the new species, what it is, is, you know, the fish are out there and they are very talented in like, you know, their navigation. They have all the data for where the seamounts are and they go out there and they fish uh, and then they'll catch these sharks as bycatch. They catch it by accident. And if they're alive, we put them right overboard um, without, you know, with as little stress as possible. And the deceased ones will study. And those are the ones that are new. Um and so that's really, uh, it's a, it's um, kind of a combination of the fishers knowing how to fish a very difficult to fish area. And the fact that um, very few people are studying deep water sharks, especially in the, the offshore um, Indian Ocean. So um, there's, a, there's also a lot of new species of fish and uh, invertebrates. And I, I have a lot of specimens that I've been like kind of trying to work on, but we also are still working on the sharks. So how do you catch a dead shark? <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're caught as bycatch. So they, they swim into the nets, um, when the net's getting towed through the water, um, the, well, you know, that I guess they don't swim into it. The net scoops them up. Um, and while the pressure change is really hard on fish, it's not so hard on the sharks, but what is really hard is, um, all the fish getting piled on top of the shark. So, um, you know, the temperature change is probably the, the, the largest environmental, Chains is hard for these animals, but it's really um, having a lot of fish piled on them that they can't move and they can't breathe. And by the time they get to the surface, a lot of the time they're uh, suffocated. I was like, man, he just threw a, a line in there and it was alive and he felt the bite. And then by the time he pulled it up, oh, it was Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how we fish yeah. out here. I'm from Missouri. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, they're caused, you know, uh, mortality is, uh, you know, a problem with a lot of commercial fishing, whether it is on a, on a line, because sometimes on, on the long lines, if they leave them out too long and the sharks are obligate ram breathers, if they have to swim to breathe, um, they can suffocate before the lines are retrieved. Same oh, man. So, yeah, if you are targeting sharks um, for research, you really have to make sure that you're not leaving any, any of the gear out too long uh, to try to minimize the sharks from, you know, from suffocating or even getting stressed. Because if they fight too hard for too long, they can uh, they can die after you release them. One of the things I find uh, very humbling with speaking to you guys, and I really enjoy is um, a lot of the ones, the, the shark experts I've spoken to, you don't necessarily, you, you tippy-toe around, which is good, um, around insulting like other cultures who need to eat uh, fish and things like that in order to survive and you don't necessarily like bash them as far as like like you you activate not being harmful to sharks or whatever you know you know like um but as far as like other cultures that need to eat them uh, for sushi and whatnot to survive you guys are very careful and it's you don't go out um uh criticizing those cultures and i find that awesome too like you you guys are very open to people might have to eat these uh, fish species to survive. So I think that's really cool. Um, is that something that's kind of widely accepted in the shark field that, okay, we're going to go out. We don't want anything to happen to them, but we have to understand and not like finning. I'm not talking about finning or, um, you know, what they do to the dolphins, but just in general, like, is that, 
pretty widely accepted that there are going to be people who need this for food, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for all, man, for, you know, uh, mentioning that. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially, um, if you get away from the advocacy and more on the science side, it's more about like, um, how you can properly manage, uh, fisheries and, you know, whether, uh, I mean, so when it's, when it's by, Oh boy, he got, see, he was trying to speak his mind and they cut him off. Look at this. This is big brother watching. This shit right here is Big Brother watching. Paul, you got cut off. Go on. Okay. Uh, I mean, one of the largest um, threats to sharks is, um, you know, bycatch is being caught. Some of some of it's being caught on purpose, but a lot of time it's being caught by accident and them and them dying. Sometimes you're sold uh, anyway, and sometimes you're discarded at sea. But that's a major major impact. And so, you know, I think mitigation of that would be huge. Um, and I think also figuring out better management um, and different policies is, is big. So I think a lot, I'm, you know, sharks are, is one of those things where, you know, if, if there are, if, if there's a small community that relies on shark meat to, to survive, um, you know, you can argue about it ethically, whether we're comfortable with it or not, but fishery wise, that is such a smaller impact than mm -hmm. large commercial uh, efforts, whether it's finning or just um, bad fishing practices that, catch a lot by accident um it, or you know it's even some of there's uh technological solutions um people you know it's been like turtle excluders have been around for a long time i know people are experimenting with like different kinds of lights that uh um you know scare away fish that they don't want to catch and i was talking to somebody um earlier this week about uh put it, they want to put cameras down in the mouths of the net um that have like ai in it to that can identify the shark so when it has too many sharks in it will open the net and spit them out and then close and it can go back to fishing wow that would be great. so cool yeah i mean that's a, that's a great idea um yeah. yeah i came from this this conference uh and it's like they do so much high-tech stuff uh it's like out of control um but one of the talks that i saw today and i know i'm derailing a little bit but no, it's fine go on the title of the talk was uh, heter heterogeneous, uh, heterogeneous swarms of underwater robotic fish. And they they built like this swarm of robotic fish that like it, they communicate to each other, not like with like a radio signal, but they have like they put LED strips in the side and they like flash different uh, codes to each other. They have like this little um, electric field around them so they can tell how close they are to each other. And it's just like they made like a robotic swarm of of fish. They're still like, I think fun. they're, sorry? Was it just for fun or was it like for a research purpose? Well, uh, so they they have them that they can hook up to, um, they call them sinkers and floaters. They're like two um, receivers and transmitters. They can receive data from the from the fish and transmit it out. But they're saying they would be useful. They're... Um, they they're uh, autonomous so no one you know you don't have to control them they can go out there and collect their own data and they said they can also be used in areas that um where there's no access to, to uh, like gps there's no no satellite or anything like that you could send them out by themselves so um yeah i mean i i kind of i only saw the talk for a few minutes but i'm like what are we doing like that's you know <laughs> that's, that's like awesome. yeah it's crazy and like they, they had pictures and videos of it and, you know looks like a little robotic fish that is so cool. Oh man, technology is amazing, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever we can do yeah. to save the oceans, okay? Take my money. 
Right. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're going to rely on our oceans for a lot for, for food and, you know, uh, for, for protein from fish for a long time. And um, I think, you know, probably better policy is a big thing, but also better, you know, better technology, that, you know, so we can still get the food that people need. Because the idea right. of like not eating fish, which I think is sometimes proposed, is, is you know, pretty it's, impractical. It is. And I read um one of the... Uh, guys we had on last year who we kind of keep in contact with. I read David Fishman's David Schiffman's book, um, oh, Dr. Cool. David Schiffman, and he kind of mentioned the by bycatch and stuff and like it was a good book, uh, Why Sharks Matter. Um mm -hmm. it was really good. I actually read it on a beach in August, you know? It was cool. kind of weird. Right. See I go on the beach despite my poor body. <laughs> okay. I go the on the beach. I, I know it is what it is, you know. But I was hammered too. I drink a lot on the beach. <laughs> Well, I got one last question for you, and it's not a, you know, talk me off the ledge kind of question. I was Thank God, I jumped. Yeah, no. Sorry. I was, I was wondering. Um, so, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but I, I'm almost 100% positive that not even close to, like, half of the ocean is discovered yet, right? It's not even, like, explored or nothing because we don't have the technology to. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think we think that it is more explored because we have like those sea maps with the sea mounts and, and that's just, you know, altimetry. Uh, the number that people say is um, 80 percent is uh, unobserved and unexplored and unknown um, of the sea floor. But if you think about it, um, you know, the ocean is three dimensional. And if you compare our ocean's three dimensional space, you know, most of it being the deep sea um, depth beyond 200 meters, it's um, it makes up the vast majority of our uh, like the livable space on Earth. It's something people estimate between 90 and 99.5 uh, percent of livable space on Earth is in the deep sea, which you know is interesting to think about. We're really like a deep sea planet. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I was like wondering because I'm like. I was like really obsessed with Atlantis when I was a kid. I don't know if that's oh cool, man. Uh -huh. You're still a kid. You're 22. <laughs> Calm 23, down, Scott. Right? 23. No, but um, like just the idea of like maybe having people that are just like down there because like I've I've looked into like stuff like that. I would never want to live down there, but like just like the idea of it is like pretty cool. And like I was just wondering if do you think we'll ever in our lifetime get the technology to maybe go down there or is that just like an unachievable goal for us? Um, yeah. I mean, well, you know, like how deep and for how long there's the, uh, what's it called? Um, um, Aquarius, the station that's um, underwater and people I think live down there for a couple of weeks at a time. Oh, um, yeah. That's not, you know what? I'm with you, Chris. I would not want to do that. I'm, I'm an Aquarius and I'm like, sign me up. This was made for me. Yeah, it's probably pretty cool. You can like see fish out the window. There's a bunch of pictures. I remember, I think, I forget where I heard it, but they were talking about like what happens if it like catches on fire and they're like, don't worry. Like everyone will just be like compressed to death and like oh, a fraction. Be quick death. Out. It's all good. That's, that's not a good not thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a quicker death than a shark attack. I'm letting you know that right now. That's the yeah. fair point. Because if you think about how technology has progressed from the year 2000 to now, it's like leaps and bounds from what it was. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I think in another 20 years, like 
you know, keeping up with the same, you know, train, we should be leaps and bounds ahead of where we are now. So like mm-hmm. just the idea of like just exploring more of it. Cause I'd rather explore the sea than space personally, even though I hate the sea. Just because this is our planet. Like we should know what's on our planet before we go see what's on another one. So I feel like you've had this argument at a bar before. Chris. It's uh, yeah, it sounds like you've had this argument. I'd rather deal with sharks than like crazy aliens, you know? It's just my <laughs> personal preference. Well, oh, I yeah, have- no, I was going to say a lot of our, our research has been like technology limited um, and, you know, technology has been developing at an exponential rate. So we've, you know, we have like I, I have like a ROV over here that I, I use like for fun. And the, the idea of owning and operating ROV, you know, a decade ago would be crazy. You know, there, it's just everything's really accessible now. And uh, especially, you know some of the large groups are making like those $6 million ROVs um, and then you can just, you know, send it down. There's uh, definitely the potential to to learn a lot more. And I, I think, you know, it's going to be good. Like we're also finding new resources down there. So it's probably something that's going to be important, important for us. We're with a couple of young whippersnappers here, as I like to say, Paul, they don't understand what it was, a, what it was like trying to figure out an aim screen name growing up. <laughs> I was, uh-huh. That was so very stressful, guys. You have no idea I, what that I was like. I still knew yeah. about the AOL and how you put it on the phone at the same time as the internet. So I can, yeah. I, I'm a All little right. kid. Chris, you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> what are talking about? Grandma AOL, well, so. Yeah, well, I still have an AIM email because I refuse to change. I stick to my guns. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Nice. Uh, Paul, I do have one last question. Um, So we had on, look at me name dropping. I feel like the rapper game right now. I'm just name dropping. We had on Diego Paul. Um, He's the archaeologist who actually discovered Titanosaur out in um Argentina, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And he said that if you discover an ant, like a fossil of a dinosaur, you can't make money off it if it's in a certain country. So when they discovered the largest dinosaur fossil ever to walk the earth, Titanosaur, they made $0 off it because of the country it was in, which just sounds absurd to me. Mm. So like when you discover a new species in a certain area, let's say ocean, do you make profit off it or is it where it's at at the time? And different uh, borders have different rules for it. Um, well, I, I actually, I mean, I never make money off of the, the you know, it, it, it's just a, a scientific discovery. Then you write it up and you, you, uh, you publish it and publications are kind of the, the currency, uh, in academia. Um, okay. but, uh, there, there are, it, it depends on where you are. Um, I work in the open Indian ocean, which is like one time we got chased by pirates. So there's not a ton of like, you know, Chris like, is like, like Chris really, is like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's the wild west out there. Um, we land in a country called Mauritius, which is a small island nation, uh, 560 nautical miles east of Madagascar. And, okay. um, we do it all, you know, legally, we get like the paperwork, um, uh, and then we get the paper. We usually talk to uh, a local institute and, um, in Mauritius and then one in California or, you know, one in the U S and then we, we ship everything with paperwork, but there are some countries that, um, because it can be an issue with, uh, foreigners showing up and taking kind of scientific resources, um, mm-hmm. that, 
they, they feel like their their local researchers should have access to. So some countries do not want you to take um, resources. Um, like I remember, uh, I think it was maybe Japan or someone that you could take tissues, but you can't take tissues intended for genetics or something like that. I forget that, you know, it's, it is kind of a, um, kind of a, as like an academic resource, um, they want to protect it so that, you know, their researchers can uh, have access to it. And in some places it is a serious problem. You have um, researchers show up and take a ton of specimens from uh, an area that has, uh, you know, less funding for these studies and then you know they, they disappear with it so um i think a lot of the time people try to work with uh local people and help benefit or you know you can at least um deposit the specimens in the local collection and stuff like that um awesome as okay. for making as for making money um yeah i've, I've never made any money from these things but um, right. even no, if no, you no. have i don't want to hear about it just do your thing <laughs> get some money on the side you guys deserve it so that's all from me uh rose if you got anything else um do you guys ever clone sharks like you can't speak on that um i mean like the ones that are dead and they want to like find information about them if it's already dead could you bring it to life i would love to to clone a shark um i have i have not i I, I mean (laughs) i think uh i think there's you know a lot of um you know what's it uh i i don't do anything with any cloning um but I think there are like, you know, restrictions on what you can and can't clone. Uh, and I don't know where it lies with sharks. I re- you know, we all remember Dolly from whenever that was a while ago. But um, yeah, I'm not, I, I think there's a lot of like, you know, ethical debate and restriction on what you can and can't clone. Um, so I don't know if it's legal or not, but I don't, I don't know of anybody doing any efforts to clone um, sharks. Uh, I have heard of, you know, very like low tech kind of, well, not low tech, but like small, like cloning for like diets. They'll take like a diet and they'll like, they'll pretty much, they'll technically like kind of clone it. They'll get a bacteria to like replicate the DNA in it so that they can take that DNA and sequence it and see what it's been eating. That makes any sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I was just wondering if they're cloning sharks and bringing like shark populations back up. Cause I feel like that's something we should definitely do is bring shark populations back up with clones if we can okay well i mean i'm super on board and like cloning together a bunch of different species and giving them laser cannons and like you know awesome. jets and stuff. maybe See, bring now, on back a little bit have fun with now, that one. now we're talking anything yeah, okay. that made chris, anything yeah. that scare chris more of the ocean <laughs> i'm all about <laughs> i have a megalodon too so if we need if we can clone i have a megalodon too so whatever we got <laughs> so, I, I think one of the issues with cloning things for populations um this is so expensive to clone any animal. The idea of cloning and releasing them uh, into like, you know, the vast ocean to do a, you know, to replenish their population, it is, it would be tremendously expend- uh, expensive to get a couple of individuals out there. So I think that's something, even with like, you know, uh, w- when people worry about cloned beef and stuff like that, they're not, they're not actually like cloning the cow and selling you the clone. They clone, you know, uh, a specimen that they really want to reproduce and they keep it to, to reproduce as far as I know. I don't actually know anything about how they raise beef. So, And we don't want to offend any more people oh, yeah. here. Well, I'm like, yes. a beef cloning expert. He's like, that's not how they do it. Like, I mean, yeah, go on, Chris, anything else or no, just, honestly, like I'll, I'll joke aside. Like you definitely made me feel a little bit safer. Oh, come on. You were supposed to make them scared. You were supposed to... No, 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 because, no, like, 
like knowing the numbers helps a little bit. Like I've looked into them myself, but like hearing it from a, a professional makes me feel a little bit safe. I'm sorry. I know you would be the collateral here, but it's almost like it would be kind of crazy if Paul texted me five months later. Hey, how's Chris doing? He got eaten by a shark. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like oh, yeah. Chris isn't doing the show anymore. And then he <laughs> named the shark after you. Because... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because you took his advice with numbers, we're like, I feel confident now. It would be kind of is a shark. It would be a wild story. I just I'm not rooting for it per se, but I think not rooting against it. (laughs) All I'm saying is I can't control it, and it would make quite the story. That's that would be pretty story. (laughs) Yeah, eaten by a shark after talking to shark expert about us. And I'd be like a joke. <laughs> uh, don't do, uh, don't do, even if it happens, don't, don't mention Paul at all. I won't. It's not like this. Well, this is out there. It is what it is. I can't do anything about it. So, all right, Paul, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, listen, we've kept in touch for two years. Um, uh, you have Instagram. I know you're not on social media a lot, Instagram, um, Twitter, but you hate social media. I know we've talked about know. it. I'm just bad at it. I just don't understand. You're just bad. You're just bad at it. We're <laughs> from the AIM. Guys, we're from the right. AIM era, all right? We're the screen name era. That's why we're bad at this stuff. So if you're ever in Kansas City, though, Rose, uh, I'm sure you can message him and uh, around that area, try to go out on a boat with him. I know you've uh, met the MISS girls out there, so that'd be pretty cool if you guys could meet up. Paul, if you're ever on the East Coast, Chris and I will gladly go out to the ocean with you. Look at some uh, cookie cutter sharks, goblin sharks, or whatever you want to look at. Uh, Maybe one of us will make it back. Maybe one won't. Other than that, man, really appreciate it. Uh, Catch Paul probably on Shark Week, any shark shows, alien sharks. Um, My wife sees you sometimes on TV, and she posted on Instagram, oh, my God, my husband's friends with him. And I'm like, it is, oh, Paul, it is what it is, you know, very (laughs) humble guy I am. So we'll definitely keep in touch here. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Let me know anytime. I'd be happy to to come back and hang out. 